and we are back we are back for another episode of the one podcast welcome back everyone thank you for tuning in again to another episode of the one this is season three episode 10 which makes this the last episode of the season um and this is the yeah the last one before we take a bit of a break obviously we will be back for more um more on that later on but episode 10 of season three and we're back with domination magazine uh and just a little bit about domination before we kind of get into talking to them talking about uh, their work and what domination are about what they're looking to do um, as a collective they're a collective of creatives who are basically um, trying to elevate South Asians within the creative industry um, through the idea of a magazine that's both physical and digital, um, highlighting creators in the South Asian diaspora, um, kind of like fighting against the negative stereotypes and taboos um, that are commonly found within the South Asian culture. And yeah, doing this through a creative magazine, through a creative venture, um, through many different ways, whether that's fashion, photo shoots, obviously the magazine itself, publications, um, and yeah, kind of bringing everything together within the, the culture and their heritage to kind of elevate South Asian representation across the creative industry. So yeah, so they are on the podcast today to speak about their work, um, kind of what's gone into creating a magazine, bringing back a a creative medium such as the magazine, um, which many could say has been kind of like a dying art, and why they're kind of focusing on on keeping that alive, um, why they've chosen the magazine of course, and kind of what concepts they're going to be bringing together and how they're looking to tackle um, the problems they've they've seen within South Asian representation in the media. So yeah, listen on guys um, to hear us speak to them about their work, what their plans are for the future, everything they got lined up, what it's been like so far, kind of working as a massive group and collective uh, so far. And yeah, everything, just everything about Domination Magazine. So listen on and hear us speak to Domination Magazine. This is the One Podcast, Season 3, Episode 10, Domination Magazine. Enjoy. them or back on the podcast platform spotify google apple wherever you listen to this from welcome and then of course a huge welcome to sophia and obviously domination as a collective um but we're speaking to sophia today um how are you keeping i'm good thank you thank you for having me on the one podcast we've been really excited for this like i've been waiting for this for a while i think like, yeah yeah no it's, i think it's just it's a lot of fun to do this especially after like the launch of the magazine and everything and, yeah you know getting ourselves out there a bit more of course yeah so obviously it's, it ties in quite nicely with the launch of um the first 
physical magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it's, it's quite nice that it, the fact that it is South Asian Heritage Month as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously as someone of South Asian Heritage, um, yeah, to get someone on the podcast whose focus is that, I think is beautiful. Um, I think that's great to, to kind of get that on there. Um, and obviously hopefully shine a light on that and obviously everything that Domination is about as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, before we get into Domination... Um, Sophia, I know you said you wouldn't know how to do this, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot there. How would you introduce yourself to the wonderful people listening? Who is Sophia Green? Yeah, I was really dreading this question. Um, <laughs> I think I would start off by introducing myself as one of the co-founders for Domination Magazine. Um, I'm also... I would describe myself as a multidisciplinary, di- t- excuse me, <laughs> multidisciplinary, you know what I'm saying, creative. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I find myself like really dabbling in a lot of different creative things. I was also like thinking before we got here today, like, how do I answer this question when I like, what is like Sophia outside of a creative realm? But all of my answers just seem to always like draw back to that, that everything is like coming from a place of creative passion or like um, a real interest in just making a change in the world and being an activist and getting involved in as many things as I can. And um, yeah, I, I mean, also like, I think I'm still figuring myself out, which is why it is so hard to, you know, answer this question. Only twenty-two. I'm. Just, I feel like I'm still just like starting to walk the path of discovering who I am, which I feel like a lot of people, you know, they share that sort of experience, that feeling with yeah. me. So it's nice to you know know that that like I've still got time to figure out who Sophia Green is. You know. Of course, and yeah, I mean, I understand it's a difficult question to answer. It is. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like one of those questions which I want it to be difficult because obviously, like you said, it, it gets you thinking. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, the, the journey's like barely even begun. Like mm. you said, 22. There's still so much time. There's like what what you guys are doing at the moment is, is pretty, pretty cool. Um, and obviously we're going to get Thank into you. that um, later in the episode. But for you, where where did that kind of... Actually, I want to ask actually, what, what came first? Was it kind of the creative journey or was it kind of the whole like activism and like a focus on your, your heritage? Um, I think for me, it was a mixture of both. I feel like, like everything that I do within being creative, I guess, has always stemmed from like something, some like matter or some, um, experience of like people that needs sort of like shed, like shed, wow, my English is not Englishing. Um, (laughs) looking at situations that really deserve light to be like shone on shined on um like you know besides like south asian activism um like south asian representation i also had a huge interest as well in how like the media sort of portrays different situations and i think that was a huge thing that really sort of catapulted me into exploring different like creative mediums and especially like with the upbringing that I had um one thing that really kept me like grounded because I spent a lot of my life 
just like moving from place to place every three years one thing that really kept me grounded was being creative whether that was drawing or writing or you know making silly like music videos on like I don't know if you remember this app called like movies was it movie star or something or like that rings a bell yeah it was like (laughs) this app that way back in the day when like iPod and iPad kids like just started being a thing you know we were making like music videos and I don't know it was just always like a good way to sort of make me feel more at home um Mm. and make me feel like I was okay to be who I was because like every three years you know when you're like a new kid all the time you're like really worried about what other people are going to think of you and that was a huge thing for me where I was always like oh my god like how are people gonna interpret me this time like this is my chance to like like restart and everything um but yeah I've just always been drawn to creative things I guess and that's like again I guess it goes back to like the first question where who am I just just a creator <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I think it's important like like you've already touched on there like kind of piecing this puzzle together of like how you've got to where you are at the moment where you've you've founded a, a magazine and you kind mm. of obviously done all these other creative ventures as well um and I mean yeah we might as well talk about like the, the places you've grown up in mm. how have those places specifically like helped shape you or like become like where you, or who you are at the moment yeah definitely I think so I grew up in um, well, I was born in the UK, in Kent, and I lived there, like, till I was about three, then we moved to Mumbai, we moved to Paris, we moved to Beijing, and then Delhi, and, you know, we found our way back to the UK, like, once I turned 18, I came back here for uni, and I think in each place that I went to, being exposed to such different cultures every time, I always took away, like, a specific lesson from each one which I think like even when I was growing up I didn't realize what each lesson was until maybe now when I'm looking back on it so for Mumbai I kind of realized um the the problems with like poverty and homelessness there I was so young but you know I could see that difference between the wealthy and the poor and knowing that I was on the like more privileged side I never really took into account the kind of like struggles that basically I was kind of spoiled like and I didn't realize it until I got older and you know when we moved to Delhi when I went to school there I went to like a private international school and I'm not even like right across the road like five steps across was one of the biggest like shanty towns in Delhi so you know we'd come out of our like privileged little private school Mm. and then there'd be all of these kids who like don't have what we have and we're just like don't even think about it or like we're not grateful for it and they'd be there like if we come out with like pizzas or something they're they're like whoa like you know imagine having all of that but um (coughs) just really like learning from it from in india like the difference between like you know the the hardships that people have to go go through um and you know when I was living in Beijing as well I think that's really where like the media thing that I was saying before kicked in because before moving to China like the movie Karate Kid with Jane Smith had just come out so I was fully ready to move to Beijing and live out my Jane Smith like (laughs) tantrums right um I was fully ready for like China to be this like horrible horrible experience like no freedom this that whatnot just the way that 
you know, Western media yeah. portrays China. And it wasn't like, in my experience for me, it wasn't like that at all. And it kind of just made me realize how easy it is for the media to spin stories. Because don't get me wrong, China does have like a lot of problems. You know, like when we first moved there, there was the one child policy. And when oh, we'd right, be okay. walking around with my mom, people like random people would come up to us and they'd be like, are all three of these kids yours? Like, to my mum, and we'd be like, what the hell? Yeah, that's mad, that is. <laughs> but um, China was a beautiful experience. Paris, I think from Paris, I learned racism is a very prominent, horrible, evil, like, it was yeah. just, it was, and at that, I was exposed to it at a very young age, you know, I would think I was like seven. I lived there when I was seven until I was about nine. And really just like seeing, not even realizing what I was seeing with the treatment of like, you know, how people looked at me as a child or like my mom, not so much my dad, my dad's white. So that was, you know, if we were walking around with my dad, people like give us weird looks, but I never really like, I guess noticed it until, you know, I got older and I started thinking about all of these things and how, how, how did it like shape my, my life? And I think it was just it made me really aware of the different kind of worlds that are within like our one world, you know? And I think it also just helped me to be a lot more open-minded to the kind of people that you can meet and the kind of experiences you can have and make even like the, the secrets in the world that one wouldn't really know unless you're like really shoving yourself into a culture that is not your own. Because even in India, I would say the same. Like, my family are Mauritian Indian. Right. So, um, you know, people used to always think that I was Indian Indian. And um, I never really knew what the difference between Mauritian and Indian culture was until I moved there and I saw, like, these vast differences in, you know, like, uh, like the food and the music. And that really, like, opened my eyes as well and helped me, even helped me to connect more with, like, my Mauritian um roots because i felt like i was quite disconnected from like you know even being british as well as like mauritian there was no way for me to connect to anything so in a weird way living in all of these different places actually did kind of help me connect back to like my my roots yeah wow that was that was a like fat monologue i just gave you <laughs> Nah, that because like 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 that, I started the question with like piecing the puzzle together, and I feel like the puzzle's been solved. Because like, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I I love the way that you kind of like, yeah, you touch on everything from your childhood that kind of has made you think about even with like the the problems you've seen from such a young age as well, and mm. how you brought that into your own work. Um, and it feels like a bit. I don't, I don't like the fact that I'm I'm kind of taken away from the serious side of things to kind of like bring it back to the creative side. Um, like in terms of like talking about those sort of issues mm. but because um, I want to kind of link that back to like intertwining that timeline with like your venture into creativity yeah like how how does that kind of piece together then like when did you start thinking okay I want to take my creative side a bit more serious and then obviously implementing yeah, everything um, else into it I think it was um, honestly I think it was you know when I moved to China I moved there when I was in year eight and like one of the first questions I got asked was uh, what university are you planning to go to? Right. I was like, what the hell? These kids were saying like, Yale, Harvard, Oxford. And I was like, 
oh my God, I didn't even know that university was a thing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so from that point onwards, you know, the, the kind of people that I was around, they were always very goal orientated, orientated, very like focused. And that really helped me to try and explore what, you know, my answer to that question would be not like university, but the kind of like the underlying question of like, who do you want to be, you know, when you get out of this place when you get out of school and everything and you know there were so many different like paths that I thought I was going to take like architecture or like there was one point I wanted to be a vet as well <laughs> I, like, I have no idea where that came from but after like you know my, all my time in school and just like trying out all of these different subjects and trying to figure out you know where do I fit in it just like my art classes and anything creative always felt like it brought me the most peace. So when it came to like, you know, deciding what I wanted to do for uni or like what kind of career path I wanted to take, I knew, even though I didn't know specifically what kind of creative I wanted to be, I knew that at the end of the day, it just had to be something creative. Otherwise I'm going to go crazy. You know, yeah, like yeah. how else can I get what I'm feeling inside of me out, whether it's on a piece of paper or a canvas or like, I guess in a magazine, you know, mm. um, and that just kind of led me to being really interested in photography, which then led me to being very interested in graphic design because of, you know, I started thinking about like, how are some really cool ways that I can play around with my photography and how I display it and portray it to like audiences. And that just like then spiraled into, oh my God, I'm a graphic designer, <laughs> you know? And then COVID happened. Right. And yeah, yeah. Um, during COVID, I was going crazy because I honestly I didn't want to do any creative projects looking at like COVID and like what's going on in the world I was like it's so many people are doing that mm. and right now honestly I actually kind of feel more angry about the fact that all this time at home all this time on Instagram on Netflix on whatever it was and I just never saw any brown people or any South Asians or like anything and I started doing some research into you know like South Asian representation especially for creatives and within the media and I really struggled to find something that resonated with me so you know everyone during COVID it was kind of like picking up something like you've got to be doing something you know so yeah I had um you know been thinking about what can I do to change my frustrations for me as a South Asian creative? What can I do to make myself feel like like I belong somewhere, like I found my people? How do I build that community? How do I bring those people together and make them feel as important as everyone else in the creative industry feels they deserve to, to feel? You know, everyone deserves to feel like they belong somewhere, you know? Of course, yeah. Yep. Um... And that just kind of led into, all right, well, I love photography, I love graphic design, and I love, like, books and reading and magazine, and I hate the idea that print is dead. You know, like, that pisses me off <laughs> so much. Um, because I love the feeling of having a book in your hand. I love having the feeling of having your work physically there in front of you, you know? Um, so... 
I just started like, I guess, spiraling. And I was like, you know, it has to be a magazine because I want to tackle this whole debate of print is dead. Yeah. I want to tackle this, um, you know, lack of representation for South Asians in the creative field. And um, along came Domination. And, you know, even finding the name for it, I think it took me like two months of just like, just wandering around parks and everything and just thinking like, <laughs> what the hell can I call this? I can't do anything until I think of a good name, you know? Yeah. And I started thinking about, you know, I want the South Asian creative creatives to, creative community to dominate the media. Why aren't we dominating the media? You know, so many creative, like, um, traditional like methods of like you know fabrics and textiles and even like photography and like wall art even to an extent like graffiti a lot yeah. of it is inspired by <coughs> you know the kinds of stuff that you would find in different countries in South Asia um, I w- was just like I want the South Asians to dominate mm. oh my god like it's got to be like a whole thing of domination you know and I was like oh my god domination domination I think that sounds good, you know. Um, then, obviously, like, I looked it up. Um, you know, is domination, like, taken? Yeah. And actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but um, you can cut it out if not. But all I found was porn, like, just <laughs> loads and loads of porn. And I it really, yeah. like, was um, th- this might not work. Like, what if people think that Domination magazine for South Asian creatives is all about porn? And there's already that stigma and that taboo around like sex in South Asian cultures. And once I kind of like deeped that, that like there's gonna be that stigma around the name, I kind of loved it because I had done a project looking at South Asian uh, taboos, which like directly um, affect women and you know, the, the culture around sex and sexuality um, was something that I explored and there's so many implications of it that severely hurt, not just women, like even men and like everyone, honestly, that I was like, you know what, if people are going to have a problem with the fact that it's actually a porn category, then exactly that, that's what we're fighting against. Why don't you change your mentality? Like what is so wrong with that you know at the end of the day that we're not like a porn magazine we're for south asian creatives um and if it is tackling that battle at the same time just through the name then i love it like our first photo shoot for domination was all inspired by uh bdsm and really playing on the kind of like porn that you find when you look up domination um which i thought was really fun and interesting and it honestly really helped us to visually understand what the brand was going to be like. Um, And then, yeah, I guess, like, after the name, I called um, Alia, co-founder, and we just sort of, like, got in it, got stuck straight in it. I kind of want to bring it back a little bit. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I know, because I think it it ties in perfectly, because... So from what I've seen is there's the three products you were involved in before Domination. Yeah. Well, I don't know if there was like an overlap between them, mm-hmm. um, but it, it sounds like it just, they feed in perfectly into Domination and kind of like, it's like you worked on these three projects and then it's like, at the end, it's like, oh, let me bring these all together. Yeah. So that's obviously the immigrant story 
Project 3.2% and uh, From Your Daughters. Mm, yes. So I kind of want to like, just speak about those before we kind of like get into yeah. the whole domination. And oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and just like how, how they started, like even if they started at the same time mm-hmm. or just kind of like what, what that process was of kind of starting those. And then obviously, yeah, then we can get into the magazine after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how, how did those like those three products come about? Um, yeah, so From Your Daughters was actually out of those ones that you just listed. That was the that was the first project. Right. Um, I think I did that in 2021, I believe. Um, and that kind of came about from, you know, at uni, we were asked to pick um, some sort of activism topic that we're really passionate about. And I was like, okay, let's look at how... I knew I wanted to explore um, the treatment of women in South Asian culture and the taboos that surround it, um, especially from like some personal experiences, you know, with my family and like even the whole idea of me going into the creative field. There were a lot of things that factored into it um, just from like experience. And, you know, it was not just a project for uni. It was a project that honestly I wanted to do to share with my family to kind of you know, make them realise that the kind of things that they still hold on to, like the idea of, you know, if a girl's on her period, she can't be in the kitchen, she can't go, like, temple, and really look into, like, where did these, like, taboos come from? Like, mm. why why are you even saying these things to me, you know? Like, why are you telling me how I can and can't dress? Like, what I can and can't do, depending on whether, like, I'm on my period or not. Like, there's so many things. Um, So... You know, from your daughters was it was actually it started off as me making a sort of a garment that symbolized all of the pain and like trauma that women generation after generation have been through because of these South Asian taboos, which then translated, you know, into a photography piece and then a photography book um, exploring, you know, this topic um, through written work and like really delving into like the facts and the origins of like these different taboos surrounding menstruation uh sex clothing relationships all of these different things um and once I finished that project it was my first project really just focusing on like South Asian culture I guess right and it really made me realize how fulfilled I felt once I had finished it like I felt even if only like three people saw this, it felt good that someone was seeing what I was trying to explain and like hopefully understand the points that I was trying to make. So from that point on, it just kind of led into this whole thing of every project that I wanted to do had to come back to South Asian culture because it was also very healing for me as well. I feel like I've kind of used each project as a type of, a form of like therapy even like something to help me heal on like past traumas for myself you know um and then following from your daughters I did project 3.2 which was looking at uh specifically South Asian representation um and I had come across a figure from a survey in 2018 that basically said only 3.2 percent of British media had South Asians in it um 
like there was only like the media is pretty much made up of only 3.2 South Asians. Right. And I was like, Jesus Christ, for the for how many like South Asians there are in the UK, that is a ridiculously low number. And I'm a hundred percent sure that if like I didn't know this and like my friends didn't know this, a lot of people are not gonna notice, like know this. And like yeah. people probably notice, you know, oh my god, like whereas where's our people? But you don't actually know that the the figure. So to sort of like combat that, I wanted to um sort of take pictures of as many South Asian creatives as I could. And I wanted to, you know, get them on billboards and things and unfortunately I couldn't do that but I was able to you know print out posters and put them up myself so that people can see how many different faces there are in the South Asian like creative field that are not just your typical like you know uh, stereotyped South Asian that you see in like movies and things like the people with the accents the geeks the like mm all of this like just negative negative stereotypes that surround south asians you know there's much more to that we're not just one kind of person like we are each south asian is their own unique person why are we just being boxed into one character you know where did this even stem from this idea of like south asians being like geeks or like tech nerds or you know just these harmful harmful like portrayals of south asians um and yeah i just started like posting them up all over london it kind of caught on and people were like oh you need to do this again and again and i was like yeah like let me try and get as many faces as i can um which of course that then again fed into domination like you said everything just kind of tied <laughs> up in that yeah um and then the immigrant story the immigrant story really again i just wanted to go back to doing something a lot more personal and i think this was the most personal project that i've ever ever done um and you know how i came up with this idea was well i don't know if everyone will find this funny but for me it's funny um my grandmother was she had like these huge huge boxes filled with pictures from like you know her grandparents all the way to like now like when I was a kid or even like where I'm right now and she wanted to throw them all away and I looked at her I was like woman <laughs> you're crazy you want to throw all of these pictures away of like people that I've never met I've never known I didn't even know where in my family these are you know all people who played a role in me being here today you just want to throw it all away and she was like yeah I don't like these people. I don't want to look at them. And I was like, I want to. <laughs> I want to. Like, so I took all of them and I held on to them for years, years and years and years, knowing that I wanted to do something special with them for my family, you know, for especially for my grandmother, who I know like she really misses uh, Mauritius and she grew up there and she left when she was 17 to come to the UK for right. like a better life. Yeah. Um and I just knew that this would be something that would be really like heartfelt for her and very like significant for her. And it kind of led into the whole thing of, you know, it wasn't just her who experienced this of leaving their home to go and try and find a better life without realizing the kind of hardships that you would actually go through. 
you know, sold this like amazing dream that actually was nothing like it at all. Um, so I just took all of those pictures and I decided to interview, you know, all of my family members so that they could each, you know, talk about their own journeys and what it was like leaving leaving their home to come to this new foreign land in hopes of a better life and you know didn't meet their expectations did they actually achieve the things that they wanted to achieve what were some like struggles that they faced how did they overcome them and I actually learned so much about my family through that process more than I actually ever thought I would like I learned how my grandparents actually met which was like a wild story because I just kind of thought you know not like a Tinder thing, but like <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, you know, one day they bumped into each other, they decided let's get married, but there was so much more to it. And, yeah. you know, I heard some like really traumatic experiences for even like my mum when she was growing up, you know, first generation, um, living in London and like having to be the one that also helps, you know, my grandma understand, you know, what culture here is like, even though she had already been there for a couple of years. Um, and yeah overall the project just really helped me to understand you know not just my family but l everyone whose family has been through a similar thing where they've had to migrate from one country to another in hopes of a better life and I think it's a topic that still holds to be very like powerful today I think there's there's still so many people who are experiencing that and there's just not enough um exploration into it like not enough light being shed onto that uh topic uh so for me that was probably one of the most beautiful projects that I've ever done it was just a collection of you know family photos um everything Mauritian culture uh, recipes music uh, of course the interviews poems just mm. everything that I felt would portray the journey of an immigrant to a new country through different factors. I think it's that's such an important thing that you've done though in terms of <clears throat> actually like engaging with your family as well. Yeah. Like to have those serious conversations with your family, I think. It's, I, f I don't know. I feel like there's sometimes like a struggle that you can't really have those sort of chats in just like a casual manner. Yeah. Like you, like you said, you really sit down and actually break it down and kind of explore like the the past and everything you, you find out so much mm. that kind of like obviously kind of contributes to your story as well and so like how you ended up here is an amalgamation of events that happened over the last 100 150 years whatever exactly. like it's it's crazy when you really like delve you really into the details sit and think and about it like how many generations of your family had to probably go through probably something very similar to what you're going through or like something way more extreme like mm. the sort of challenges that they had to overcome just for you and I to be sitting in this room right now doing yeah. a podcast talking about it it's things that I think we couldn't even fathom ourselves uh, we're quite lucky to be here where we are now generations before us like, of course they definitely. walked so we could run literally yeah, yeah. no definitely yeah no I fully agree um and yeah, it's it's moving on from these like sort of topics and bringing it back to like <laughs> other things. Like I don't want to leave that topic, <laughs> but because we've got so much to cover in this episode, yeah. I'm gonna have to. Like I feel bad for doing it, but now kind of like bringing it back to the magazine. Yeah. So that started in 2021. 2021, yeah. I mean, officially, yeah, 2021. We kind of kept it to ourselves for a little bit before we felt like we were ready to like really get out there. Um. But yeah, 2021. 
So who 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 is it who's behind the magazine? Like who's uh, involved at the moment and kind of like contributing so to it? We've had you know some f- team members come and go like because of circumstances, but right now uh, there's me and Alia co-founders. We have. Devanchi Aurora, who's our head of writing. We have Safa, who is our head host for All Things Podcast, which we will be releasing soon. So it's not actually out yet. Oh, nice. Um, But she is our head of podcast. We have uh, Milan, who is our head of marketing. She's got like these crazy brain with crazy ideas, which I think... (laughs) She knows exactly how to capture domination in a marketing sense. Um, we have Dia, the beautiful, 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 beautiful Dia, who is an amazing content creator for us. And we have Zalima and Akil, who are incredibly talented writers, always coming up with some amazing, amazing like concepts for things that domination could be exploring in a written sense. Um, and yeah, that's that's team, that's family. You haven't left off anyone. Oh my god! Nah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> um, no, because I feel like you know, like when you list like that sort of like you go for a massive list. Yeah. I'm always conscious that I've I've left someone. Yeah, there. my heart dropped for a second. <laughs> I was like, shit. Like, um, but like, how did you guys like come about as a group then? Like, what? How did you bring everyone together to kind of start a magazine? Um, it's a pretty big thing to kind of be involved. Yeah. With. So. Obviously, like, the first to fully get on board with it was Alia. I knew for a fact I wouldn't have been able to have done this like by myself. I knew I needed, like, my best friend to help me because Alia is also, like, quite passionate about South Asian representation and South Asian culture in her personal projects as well. Right. Um, so we just, you know, we were like that dynamic duo as we like to call ourselves and tiktok actually was a huge huge help in actually finding our team and i think it's just like worked out so beautifully because the the kind of chemistry that we all have like when we're working together or even just chilling together you'd think we'd all known each other since like we were kids um the way that we vibe, the way that we like sort of bounce off of each other on ideas, it all just kind of worked out so, so perfectly. Um, but TikTok was a huge way. You know, we found Safa through TikTok, DI through TikTok. Um, I believe Zalima and Akil found us through Instagram. And Devanchi was, is actually... Um, like somewhat new Alia from Dubai because they both grew up in Dubai um, and she was quite keen to get involved in a project uh, about, you know, South Asian representation. She loved the mission. Um, And she's such a talented writer when we were like in the initial stages of domination. We were like, look, your brain is so fascinating. (laughs) Can you just take over like this whole thing? And she was like, oh my God, yeah. Like she was so into it. Um... And Milan also was uh, a friend of ours who has always like just had a natural interest in marketing. And, you know, she would always come along on our shoots or like any of our projects. And she would always contribute like all of these like really good ideas, like no matter how small or big they were. And like, you know, one day she just kind of turned to us and was like, can I please join Domination? <laughs> and we were like, are you Damn, of course. <laughs> like it already felt like she was on the team. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah that's pretty much how we like got everyone i guess that's mad that you guys connected through tiktok i know i know like, like our first call with Safa, especially i remember it so well because it was supposed to be an interview but it, and it was like our first time talking to her and it just felt like we were just catching up with an old friend she's mm. just got such a bubbly personality um she's got the gift of the gab <laughs> as we'd like to say yep. that we were like yeah you you're amazing yeah, we yeah, need yeah. you and just since then i think we've all like bonded a lot over like the kind of things that we explore i'd say we even like we heal together we we really allow ourselves to be ourselves and explore our like own creative journey whether that's within or outside of domination um and we're all very supportive of each other mm. which i think is really really important and yeah i'm really proud of our team like where I, I love how like close we are and everything um it just makes everything a lot better yeah and like i said if you've got like a shared vision and a shared like goal yeah, it's important because now yeah you become like a tight-knit group yeah um and obviously like you said you, you heal together i'm sure you'll grow together as well and yeah that sounds like a real cool real like important thing that you got going on there <laughs> um i mean so wait, wait, were you all part of a group before it actually launched though did you have everyone in place like yeah so um i mean officially officially we launched uh in, in june um but we had you know all been working on the magazine for the prior like two years two years to the actual launch and like along the way we sort of like picked up more and more team members each one kind of came in on their like own journey just at different points within the you know the progression towards the actual launch and the last six months is where we really sort of like focused in on like who we had with us uh, that being like the team members that I just spoke about yeah um and yeah we were all just grinding and hustling <laughs> for months like months months and I felt so bad for the amount of like work and deadlines that we were giving everyone but because we all share this same passion and drive about domination and the mission that we are on it honestly wasn't a problem like at all we were all so happy to be putting in the work that we did because it was I mean like like people say you don't see what's going on behind the scenes but it was so many late nights maybe even like sleepless nights early mornings hundreds of meetings hundreds of deadlines mm. and all just basically to lead up to that moment where we launched um, the magazine like the business and the first issue um which was such a beautiful and like heart-filling moment to just be a part of and witness even mm. so what, like what, for, for like the people who are listening um because obviously like you said it started back in 2021 but the the, the issue didn't come out until last month yeah how would you sum up those like those two years of kind of preparing and building up to the launch or like yeah. the actual launch of the, the the physical like magazine it was a very difficult um journey honestly i think when alia and i started we had no idea what we were doing whilst you know starting up domination we were also like simultaneously learning you know how do you even start like a mag how do you even start a magazine business we had no idea we tried doing all the research in the world 
you know, reading articles, signing up for like courses, um, like watching things on YouTube and just nothing really prepares you or really helps you understand what's about to go into it. It was just kind of like learning along the way. Uh, so we started off obviously by knowing that we needed to get submissions. We wanted to showcase as many South Asian creatives as we could. So, you know, it started off by us like promoting the fact that we wanted like people to submit work within the the theme of South Asian stereotypes and how they would interpret that in whatever like art form they choose to explore it in. Um, that also then led into like multiple photo shoots from our side of things that we ourselves wanted to explore and wanted to see within the magazine. Um, then we actually had to take um, a, sm a break for a couple months, uh, right. uh, which is where it kind of really delayed things for Domination because I we basically started it when I was going into third year of uni and I just was like, yeah, I, I can handle like everything is fine. Mm. Got into dissertation season. I was like, Jesus Christ. Mm, yeah, you're going to need to... Yeah, and I was just doing so many projects that I knew that domination just had to be something that my whole heart, all my effort and all my time went into. And it just didn't feel like the right time to be trying to pursue things and launch it um, in 2022. It wasn't ready to yeah. be launched. It wasn't where I like we all wanted it to be, honestly. So we... We took a pause for a while. We took a breather. I think all of us also were really burnt out and were just just tired. And, you know, I think even creatives, we all deserve a break when we need to. And so we took a break until the time felt right to jump straight back into it. And that was actually in December last year, like right before New Year's. We were like, OK, I think we're finally at a place where all of our heads are in the right like mind space. We're all like, you know feeling like we have the energy and we have the motivation to do this the way that it's supposed to be done thus began like a huge like six month hustle like of doing shoots interviews um sorting out you know the actual pages of the magazine uh, how we're going to promote it how we're going to package it all of these like things that were, again we had no idea what we were doing until we actually sat down and just did it like I yeah. don't even know how else to explain it we just kind of just sat there and we're like okay well we'll try this one thing and then if that doesn't work we'll just try out another thing and you know I feel like we're we're at a place right now where we we're not scared to make mistakes at all we're not scared to be caught out in like mistakes and whether that's like a spelling error or whatever it is um we have you know, we're trying not to be too hard on ourselves uh, because we are still just learning along the way. And the whole thing was just, I guess, you know, if one thing doesn't work out, you know, we're not going to give up. We're just going to move on to the next thing. And if that doesn't work, we'll just keep going, keep going and not let anything sort of make us feel like we can't do this because we can. We're more than capable to. Everyone who yeah. has started something came from a place where maybe they they didn't know what they were doing. They had no idea what they're getting into. And we knew we, we weren't the only ones in that boat of trying to figure things out. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of like a process of, well, just got to do it. Like, 
we all really supported each other you know at times like team other like team members I'd say like our writers were doing more than writing they were you know pitching photo shoot concepts or like you know doing making video content for tiktok and instagram we all contributed in more than one way like like the roles kind of blend in yeah we all just kind of like if there was something that needed to be done someone would be doing it like and it didn't really matter exactly what roles we had uh because at the end of the day all of us just wanted to really see domination succeed no matter if that meant like going above and beyond which everyone absolutely did um which is again why i'm so proud of all of us like everyone put their like heart and soul into everything that they did in preparation for the launch i was gonna say when you have a a physical product as well that you you guys are creating Mm -hmm. i can imagine the satisfaction when you have that in hand yeah it's just mad like two years of hard work kind of like going into it and then you have something you can hold physically. Exactly. You know, I, the the day that we got the magazines and like, you know, the, the day that everyone in the team got to see it finally, everyone was like, holy crap, like, this is it. Like, we've done it. We've actually achieved what we set out to achieve despite all of the mistakes and the hardships and everything in between that came along with it. And that also really heavily inspired, you know, this issue. The blueprint is meant to be um, sort of like an ode to the sort of mistakes that we've made along the way. And, you know, sort of promoting this idea that as a creative, it's okay to be lost and it's okay to be confused even and have no idea what you're doing, even if you're needing to like take a break or you're just feeling like this is not where you want it to be it is all right to start from scratch and go again and go again and go again until you figure it out there is no like perfection though like there there never will be every artist is their biggest critic um so that played a huge thing into how we decided to actually lay out the magazine and you know with each shoot in the magazine there's a bit of text that talks about well you know like the pictures turned out great everything turned out great in the end but you didn't see like you know there was one shoot we did where all of our models dropped out on the day that we had hired a studio there was like so many different different things so many things that we had to overcome that Mm. people don't see and we want our audience to know that so that you know when you're doing your creative ventures and maybe you fuck up or like something happens that's out of your control you know you're not alone and that it's okay and it will all figure itself out because you know it will it i really do believe that if you have your heart in it it will figure itself out at the end of the day even if it's two years later you know yeah it's the grind yeah exactly um and really i kind of like going back to obviously issue one and it's titled the blueprint mm-hmm. is the idea that every magazine will be like blueprint one blueprint two blueprint three or is it like no. the first one is just called the blueprint and then it's like a yes. different theme yeah so we decided on the title the blueprint um because this issue serves as the foundation of domination you know this is essentially exactly that a blueprint of what is to become of domination um and what to expect from us what kind of content to see from us like writing styles to see from us 
um, what we're going to share with you, the kind of artwork that we're like interested in, basically, you know, so that whoever is looking at Domination for the first time, they can come back to this first issue and see that this was the blueprint and see how each issue we have just like grown and grown and grown, which is the goal for us, obviously, you know, each issue just getting better and better at what we're trying to do um but yeah it was mainly you know also looking at like stereotypes and how actually you know these stereotypes are kind of like the foundation of why south asians are portrayed in the media that the the way they are like even maybe why we have such little representation in the first place because there's so many negative connotations surrounding what people expect south asians to be you know um, so really just kind of looking into those different experiences that different creatives have had and how they have used their creative fields or their creative mediums to explore that topic and how, you know, they've worked through these stereotypes that have affected them in some way. I mean, I think the, the whole idea behind the blueprint is a great idea. Um, <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of like seeing like the, the second one and kind of like what theme you kind of decide to go with for that one um because yeah like i said that is well that's a great idea and yeah. <laughs> yeah like i said the, the all the different layers you've got to it makes yeah. so much sense um and i think yeah like i said i'm yeah, looking forward to seeing what comes next and mm-hmm. obviously i need to read the first one yes for, like, you fully. do you yes. do it's gonna be a good read <laughs> um but definitely we are planning on announcing the second issue soon that being the, the theme at least uh, so definitely keep an eye out for that because I'm really excited for this issue. Like the second issue, I'm telling you, we're going 10 times harder. Like oh, really? so much harder. We have a lot planned for it. Um, I think the first issue really motivated us to do better, um, be better. And um, just seeing physically all of the people who we have touched through the work that we have done so far has been a huge motivating factor in this second issue which i'm not going to talk about anymore because i'm really excited for like <laughs> the proper announcement of it i love that no, do you know what it's, it's so jokes <laughs> like every guest i get on here is like i can kind of talk about it but i can't <laughs> and then by the end of the episode when i'm like oh so what you got lined up they just babble on about what they got lined up and <laughs> let out the whole secret but We'll see when, when it comes to the end. I've yeah, let that we'll out now. But I, we'll see if I if I slip up. <laughs> um, but kind of like reflect on the, on the last few years. Mm-hmm. Like, was was like, is there anything you would kind of, or like anything that you kind of wish you knew back then, that you guys all know now? Yeah, I would say I wish that we all knew that it was okay not to be perfect. I think we put so much. Initially, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be the best and, you know, always put out the best work and making sure everything was like tip top perfect uh, that it actually in the end did more damage than than good. We were just putting so many unnecessary expectations on ourselves. And I think that also stemmed from a place where we were doing all doing that in like our personal lives and in our personal projects, just putting such high expectations on ourselves when we really didn't need to you know the whole point of this is to bring a community together and to enjoy it at the same time but how can we enjoy it when we're constantly thinking about you know 
what if people don't like us what if what if like we do something wrong and we get called out like what if we're cancelled worst thing ever like there was just so many things that really sort of held us back when when we started out but once we sort of let go of that and once we kind of defined the fact that domination is not meant to be perfect domination is just meant to be us personified in a magazine and when I say us I'm, I mean the South Asian creative community um, and you know us as individuals we're not perfect you know we are I think for a lot of South Asian kids you're kind of from a very young age there's always a lot of pressure to you know do well and like make your parents proud especially if your parents are um, have just like migrated from like a new country and they're hoping to give you the life that they never had and you sort of put these expectations on yourself as well because you really internalize all of that trauma from their side without even realizing it and you want to do the absolute best and I think sometimes it can you can just crack and Mm. you need a break but you don't want to take a break because then you're failing you're you're scared of failure and once we let go of that fear of having to be perfect not taking a break at all it suddenly just happened so much more seamlessly and it happened exactly the way that it was meant to happen you know um which ultimately led to the magazine being what it is now it is just a combination of our like failures and successes um which I think is what makes it such a unique magazine for people to have we're not just promoting all the things we did right we also want to promote the things that we did wrong so that you know and we know that it's okay it really really is okay and I think that was just the biggest biggest lesson for everyone who was involved in domination no matter like how small or big a role they played in it yeah. and kind of like knowing that like kind of obviously you taking that time to reflect on that and I'm sure you've all spoken about it and discussed it within the group mm. has like the vision and plan for domination changed since Oh, like, definitely. Since it started back like back in 2021. Definitely. I think it and started so? off, you know, with us just wanting to put out a magazine that was just filled with submissions. And we suddenly started to find our own voice and we started to find, you know, projects that we wanted to do for ourselves to see in the magazine. And that kind of led into us networking a lot and meeting a lot of cool like South Asian creatives that we honestly didn't even know existed. We didn't even know there was such a huge South Asian creative community until we really got into the thick of it with domination, um, which really also kind of helped encourage us to do more because all of these South Asian creatives are so aware of the lack of representation that almost all of them have some sort of work that is an ode or a tribute to their South Asian heritage, which I think is so, so beautiful. Um, oh my God, I've just completely blanked. What was the question? <laughs> uh, the, the, like the vision and plan. Like how oh, that yeah. Kinda, how that's kind of changed. Yeah, so now I think we do have plans of, you know, 
expanding from just a magazine to also like a platform with a podcast where we can invite people to come and chat with us and share their stories not only that but um make more use of our website and have more like writers and like different creatives that maybe can't go into a magazine but they could go on to like a digital magazine you know like producers or filmmakers all of these different creatives digital creatives that deserve representation as well we want to make sure that we can give them the platform that they deserve alongside that we also hope to one day be a place where we can actually help south asian creatives you know find jobs or find projects that they can get involved in through like agency means um we obviously have a long way to go before we get there we are still you know (coughs) building ourselves up and we're still figuring ourselves out you know um but we do hope to to do a lot more than what we're doing now to help increase South Asian representation in any way that we can. Because mm. I think that that lines up perfectly with. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's covered. Because um, I was going to like say like, okay, what what are some things and ideas you guys have got lined up? Um, but I, I guess like what what could we expect in the next year? Um, what can you expect in the next year? I would say you can expect two more domination issues uh you can expect a lot more you know uh topics being explored from different south asian cultures a lot um of exploration into specifically the south asian diaspora we really want to like you know shed a light on the different cultures outside of south asia from people who are of South Asian heritage because I feel we all feel that you know South Asian the South Asian culture is changing and people have different definitions for it or how they define their South Asian culture and how they connect to it I think with you know everyone and their like like their parents or maybe their parents parents them moving there's different ways that you have to can find ways to connect uh with your roots um which has led to you know like new kinds of traditions that maybe people didn't even know there's so many so many south asians outside of south asia who again don't have enough representation for themselves um i mean like if we look at dia on our team she is south african indian and i'm not gonna lie i I didn't know that there was like South African Indians, which is exactly the point of there is so much more than just the South Asian countries themselves. There was such a huge population of people and just really, you know, you'll see a lot of us trying to make sure that we are representing everyone as best as we can um, to the best of our ability, which will take time. But it is one of our big, big aims for the next few years, making sure that everyone can see themselves as like some point within domination. I think that's a great point you made there as well. Is like I'm guilty of it as well. Is not realizing there's a South Asian community in nearly, like in every mm-hmm. corner of the world. Exactly. Um, so yeah, if you I mean if you guys like obviously I know that, like, it's an aim and kind of like it's a lot of work to be put into it, but yeah, kind of creating a global community with all of that involved yeah yeah sounds like a, a probably good idea but yeah domination is here to dominate you know <laughs> <laughs> no, i do love that i do love that 
Um, and obviously we are coming towards the end of the episode. Um, and before we kind of get back into the, the radio side of it, do you want to talk about the songs that the guys have chosen? Yeah, let me just pull them up though. Um, so, you know, dominate the Domination team. Every time we get together, every time we do some sort of project, there's always music and we've yeah. all got like um we've got a domination spotify playlist where we all just add in the music that we want to hear the next time we link up like the next time we're working together so we chose some of like our key key favorite favorite songs um which one should we start with? We should start off with the the first one, um, Jay Paul, Straight Out of Mumbai. So we chose a song by Jay Paul because when we started Domination, he was, you know, we were looking into um, South Asian musicians who were like of um, like our generation, a younger generation, um, not so much like Bollywood music. Um, and he was one of the first artists that we actually came across and he has such a unique sound and voice that like we just we fell in love with him so obviously we had to we had to throw him in the mix because he you know i think is an artist that we associate with like the initial days of domination and figuring out like who we are and what we like as as a brand um then we have obviously MIA. <laughs> yeah. Um we I mean what's a what's a, like a South Asian inspired playlist without her? She is Exactly. such a go. Um I mean come on. Uh she just like any honestly any song of hers has to be included. We absolutely rinse her songs out when we're together and like we're just messing about even. She just her music brings such a good vibe and I think she definitely for for a lot of us, was one of the first South Asian creatives that we were exposed to in the like the music industry, I guess, from like a young age. I'd say she was someone who was very prominent in our iPods and like, and especially very vocal as well. Which yeah, was, yeah, exactly. Voice. She was so definitely a voice. No, definitely. Um, oh, this is a good one. Then we have uh, Kangna. Kangna. Oh my God, am I saying that wrong? um but this is a banger i don't think there's even an explanation needed for this like pardon me we just i guess when this song comes on us as a team will collectively just stop whatever we're doing and just start (laughs) singing to each other and dancing and jumping and like just really like getting into the song and then as soon as it's done it's like all right, cool. We're on the perfect, perfect vibe now. Like to yep. get back into South Asian representation. It's just it's a banger. Such it a, banger. a banger. It's such a banger. Um. Okay. Oh my god. And I'm not gonna lie. These last two songs, actually, I think uh, Dia and Alia chose. I actually don't know them, so I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were like, yeah, these are some banging songs that represent domination. But if they were here, I'm guessing that honestly they would say the songs are just vibes. It's uh, <laughs> their songs that um, probably like summarize what Domination's audio like mm. identity is like. I guess. And we'll, we'll let the the people listening have their own judgment. Then, if if <laughs> if, we, if we're trying to guess what what Dianalia said, um, yeah. 
we'll let the listeners we'll decide. See, but we'll I, see I did because obviously I skimmed through these earlier and I was like, yeah, these are all great Pen. songs. Yeah. Um, the bottom two or well, the last two, Henna. they sound they sound familiar. Like I, I've definitely heard them before. Um, mm. And again, yeah, no, there's there's a whole collection of songs that I've I've heard and then I don't know the name and I'm trying to like reconnect at the moment and kind of like trying yeah. to put more into a playlist. But yeah, I hope everyone listening enjoys the songs that we're going to play later on. Um, kind of, yeah, like you said, get a little taste into our heritage and kind of stuff that we grew up on as well. Because mm-hmm. especially like the Dr. Zeus track, like. Yeah, it's such a classic. Um, and then, yeah, I guess like, yeah, following on from that, um, Sophia. After talking about all this, I was talking about everything that you've done, kind of, and the work you've got coming up, and yes. the work you've done so far as well. The magazine, Domination. Um, how can people keep up to date with you guys, yourself, um, and just like just keep up to date with everything you've got lined up and plans? Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram at Domination Magazine. That's the platform that I'd say we're most active on. You can also check our website, uh, com. On there, you'll find our shop where you can get either a digital or print version of our first issue alongside. You can even order yourself some beautiful prints from some of our photo shoots and a tote bag special edition, which is designed in correlation with the, the magazine. Um, yeah, you can also find us on Twitter at Domination on School Mag, uh, Facebook, TikTok, all Domination Magazine. Yeah. Sophia, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you so thank much for, for having us. us. Um, obviously, Sophia of Domination. Um, yeah, obviously, thank you for talking about your journey and also, of course, the, the magazine that everyone else has obviously been involved with as well. Um, And that right there is a wrap for this week's episode of The One Podcast with Domination Magazine. Now, we were joined by Sophia Green, who was representing the whole collective. She was talking about the work they've done so far, what it's like to bring together a a massive collective of creatives who are all pushing the same message, sharing that same drive uh, and passion for pushing for representation of South Asian culture and heritage and people within the mainstream media, fighting obviously the the stereotypes and taboos within the culture um, and kind of what it's like to just work with such a big group and seeing that end product being realised and yeah we hope you guys enjoy listening to that as much as we did obviously being of South Asian heritage as well it was uh, it was a fascinating listening just listening to them obviously have that story and kind of how they're going about pushing this this idea that they've all all shared and, and pushed out together now like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode this is the final episode of season three but we will be back season four will be coming in the new year um we've got quite a few exciting ideas coming up so yeah obviously don't go away we are going to be back um really excited to kind of see what what, what we've got lined up um and there will be updates i'll try and keep you guys updated as much as i can um, i know i've been pretty bad with 
keeping you guys all up to date with everything that's going on but season four will be coming and we just want to thank everyone for listening and supporting so far we're now three seasons down and yeah this is still just the beginning obviously we've had some really fascinating and interesting guests so far but season four will be coming now that we've got the slot on voices radio we will be just pushing it uh as far as we can more ideas more content different ways of expressing the ideas and sharing more content with you guys so yeah enough of me rambling on season three is done once again thank you for tuning in and listening over the last three seasons this is the one podcast with domination magazine in this episode but in general this is the one podcast season three episode 10 stay tuned in (laughs) because you guys don't want to miss out on who's on next peace out